0: Ross Tucker football podcast. It is a teaching tutorial Thursday, presented, of course, by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, bunch of podcasts. We've got Professor Greg Cosell from NFL Films University in the house, which is very exciting. We will have a spread the word winner via social media, just somebody that likes. Facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Pretty easy to win this week. They'll be announced tomorrow. Get one of these awesome press passes. Maybe even the one I get tonight from the Texans and the Eagles. Sponsor confirmation. Email winner. Of course, someone that takes advantage of any of these amazing sponsors like Game Time App or Sling or Labatt or Masterworks. You get a little something, something. And you definitely get your email read and responded to on the show. And then the YouTube shout out YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Love it. Love new subscribers. Love new commenters. Love new patrons. Dan Merchant, patreon.com slash RT Media. At the Tuckheads level, you get the even money bets in black and white, the Friday picks, the press box food grades, the power rankings. And you get to be a part of our thriving community on the private Slack channel. Welcome, Dan, to the family. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. You know him. You love him. Him is Greg Cosell. He joins us every Thursday at this time. Greg, had maybe the most eventful trade deadline I can remember in a while. And so I wanted to ask you about some of the more notable players that switch teams, what you think of them, and what you think of them with their new teams. So of course, Greg from NFL Films at Greg Cosell on Twitter. let's start with Bradley Chubb, who actually just signed a new contract for big, big money, 120 million, 119, actually, over the next five years in Miami after being traded from the Denver Broncos. Your thoughts on Chubb in general and in particular how he fits into Miami, Greg?
1: Yeah, I think Miami made a couple of good moves, actually. You know, Chubb's a good player. He's an edge pass rusher. Um, You never have enough of those guys. We talked about that with Robert Quinn. Um, You never have enough edge pass rushers in this league. Um, He's a good player. So he he now is added to a defense that, has a lot of different pieces to it. I think they've struggled in the secondary this year with injuries, but he's he's a good pass rusher. And they do a lot of things up front. They they like to be very, very aggressive with how they play. And I think they've not been able to do that quite as much because of the issues in the secondary. But Chubb will certainly add pass rush. If I could, I I think that the Jeff Wilson trade, which maybe is under the radar a little bit, is a really important trade as well because Jeff Wilson obviously came from the Niners where he played for Mike McDaniel and they've struggled to run the ball. Now Tua has been outstanding and that offense is really about as well schemed as any offense in the NFL right now. Uh, But they have not been able to run the ball with the consistency that I know Mike McDaniel would want. And I think the Wilson trade is an important trade as well.
0: Um. Listen, we don't talk about money much with you, Greg, because the money is the money. I guess I've never thought of Chubb as being an elite player. You use the word good. Yeah. I think that's a good way to describe him. It feels like giving up a first-round pick and paying him the money they are. It feels like, I don't know, I guess it kind of feels to me like the Dolphins think he's an elite player and... I'm not sure I've ever thought he was really an elite player or one of the best in the league at his spot. Well, I I guess the question
1: there, there's two parts to that. It's what Chubb is, and I would agree with you. But the second part is different teams value draft choices differently. Uh, We've seen over the years there are some teams that do not want to part with any draft choices. And and as soon as you say first-round pick or second-round pick, that ends any conversation because they want to hoard their draft choices. And there's certainly merit in that. There's no right or wrong here. And then there's other teams that might take the belief that, hey, a draft pick is a maybe. Chubb is a player who's played in the league. We have tape on him. We know what he is. He's a good player, and he can come in and help us right now. We don't know who we're going to be drafting in 2023. That guy could end up being a good player or not a good player. We know what Bradley Chubb is. So that that that's a question about value of draft choices. And teams view that differently, as you
0: well know. Good point. Really good point. What about um, Chase Claypool to the Chicago Bears? I found very interesting, Greg. You know, especially as a rookie, he made so many plays. He's clearly physically gifted. But it also seems like he was always spending time in Mike Tomlin's doghouse. Yeah. I don't know. What did you see on video from Claypool?
1: Yeah, I think Claypool, I remember him very well coming out of Notre Dame, and I, I based on his Notre Dame tape, I, I did not think he was a big-time prospect. Now, he went to the combine at six four two thirty eight. Ross, and ran a 438, and you know how that works. When a player that size, particularly a receiver, runs with that kind of speed, automatically, in the eyes of many, that increases his draft value, and he became a second-round pick. That first year in Pittsburgh, he made some big explosive plays on vertical routes, and he was also used jet sweeps that way as well. Um, It hasn't quite worked out the last couple of years. There could be many, many reasons for that, probably too many to get into right now. So the question is, how will he be deployed in an offense in Chicago that is – trying to massage Justin Fields into being a quality NFL quarterback. So they're running the ball a lot. They're using Fields on a lot of design runs. They don't necessarily throw it a lot relative to to other NFL teams. But now you've got two players who are vertical dimensions in Mooney and Claypool. So it'll be interesting to see, one, how they deploy them, and two, how defenses react to that. Because I don't think defenses right now, with the fact that the Bears don't throw it a lot, and seemingly don't want to throw it a lot as fields kind of develops incrementally, it'll be interesting to see if defenses say, wait a second. Yeah, they don't throw it a lot, but the last thing that can happen is getting beat over the top. So I'm very curious to see how they deploy Claypool and Mooney, two guys that can you know take the top off the defense.
0: What did you call them? Vertical what?
1: What did I say? Vertical I dimensions? Did I say that? Vertical
0: dimension, yeah. yeah. Two guys that bring vertical dimension. Yeah,
1: everything. that's
0: what they are. I mean, both guys can run. Um, let's talk Roquan Smith while we're talking Bears. Yep. To the Baltimore Ravens. You know, we have the, the, the debate about off-the-ball linebackers sure. a lot. And, and clearly, maybe in part because of their history, it's a position that the Ravens really value.
1: Yeah. And, and they have Patrick Queen, who's a good player, and they really have not been able to find that second, for want of a better term, stacked backer uh, to go with Queen. And it's it's as you said, it is a position they value. Um, so they made the trade. Now, obviously, Smith makes a lot of tackles. The big question, and I'm sure this is a debatable point amongst many different people, is is Roquan Smith an impact off the ball player? Is he in the category of the Fred Warners in the league? I would argue based on tape, he's not. I think he's a good player, uh, but I don't think he's that kind of player. I think he's, like I said, he's an upgrade for them without question because they didn't really have one. They were playing the veteran journeyman who's wherever he goes, he plays Josh Bynes, but yeah, you know, obviously Roquan Smith is far better than Josh Bynes, but I'm just not sure Roquan Smith um, is that level of playmaker. Now, I bet that the the Ravens know that, but he's still an upgrade for them. And as you said, that's an important position for them. And he will be used in multiple ways. He will be used as a blitzer. Maybe he'll become that kind of player depending on deployment, because he can blitz. Um, He certainly tackles, Uh, we'll see. We'll see how he's, he's used. But I think up to this point, his tape reflects a really solid player and a good player, but not one of those special impact off the ball backers.
0: Greg, let's get into some of these games uh, this weekend, and let's start with tonight's game. I'm in Houston calling the Eagles and the Texans tonight. Obviously, the Eagles are really good. The Texans are really not. What will you be watching? Uh, What what interests you about either team tonight?
1: Well... There's a lot that interests me because the Eagles are a fascinating team right now, Ross, as you well know. Uh, They're playing against a defense where there's not a lot of mystery. I mean, you know you're probably prepared to do the game tonight. You know, it's a team that is in the Lovey Smith mold defensively. There's not a lot of mystery. It's a four-man D-line pass rush. They play more zone than man. They do not play a lot of man coverage. Um, They play a good amount of cover two. That's been a Lovey Smith staple for years. So, this is not a defense that tactically presents a lot of problems. And you know as well as I do that if you're going to play a good amount of cover two, which they do, what do you need when you play cover two? You need a pass rush. They do not really have a pass rush uh, at this point in time. And then the other factor, which will be interesting to see how the Eagles come out tonight, is. The Texans do not stop the run very well. I believe they're last in the NFL in run defense. So I'm just uncertain as to how the Eagles will come out. It's easy to say they're going to come out running, but there's a part of me that thinks they're going to come out to try to get a big lead early because then they can just tee off with with their D-line because they showed some things last week in terms of alignment, and stunts that they had not shown up to this point this season whether that's a function of Robert Quinn being there whether they were going to do that anyway we don't know but they showed some different things and if you get a big lead you know it's the old way the Colts used to play you get the big lead and then you rush the quarterback and this is not a very good old line either with the exception of the left tackle Tunsil
0: so it would not surprise me to see the Eagles come out and be aggressive throwing the ball that's interesting, really, especially obviously after what you know we saw last week with Derrick Henry and the Titans running all over them.
1: Well, the, the, Where, yeah, the Titans had no choice because of who they were playing at quarterback, and and actually that's the way the Titans play anyway. But
0: the Eagles don't play that way. Well, while we're on that, Greg, what what, what do you think of the Titans in general, and maybe in particular Malik Willis and and what they did last week with him? We don't know whether or not. Right, playing against the Chiefs on Sunday night. Yet,
1: yeah, well, you know, I'm sure they're hoping, against all hope, that Tannehill plays because Malik Wallace is not ready to play, and they pretty much had to hide him last week, and they could do that given the nature of the opponent. But even with Tannehill, they kind of have to play a certain way. They they do not have a good receiving core. That they, they their pass game is extremely limited. Um, they're not going to come out and play even with Tannehill to get. into a 38-35 game they are going to have to run the ball control the pace and tempo of the game play to their defense their defense is very good by the way uh you know and hope that the game can be a 2017 game uh and whether uh, until they play we don't know but the point is is they can't get into a game where they feel they have to throw the football and they can't be aggressive throwing the ball they're not good enough right now uh, so they're going to have to run the ball, and they've got some issues even with that. Obviously, Henry is always going to gain yards because he's a great back, and the Texans game last week kind of skewed everything because the Texans are not very good on defense. Um, but, you know, they've this is a little different scenario here with what the, the Chiefs show up front. I mean, there's a left guard for the Titans who weighs 275 pounds, and he's going to be pl- – blocking Chris Jones and a very overlooked really good run defender and Derek Nottie.
0: Yeah, um boy, it's interesting to hear you talk about the Titans and then look and see what their record is. You know, I mean it's it's pretty impressive actually.
1: Oh no, no. I mean they're they're a team, but they they know what their strengths are and they know what their weaknesses slash limitations are. And if if their strengths can play at the absolute highest, highest level against the Chiefs they can stay in the game, but if it if if it can't, they don't have anywhere else
0: to go. That's the problem. They can really only win one way. Well, they're doing some winning that way. What about the Dolphins and the Bears? I mean, especially the Dolphins, Greg. Some of these numbers now for Tua are really impressive. McDaniels done a nice job with him. They've, he's done an unbelievable job. They, they
1: they motion more than any team in the league. And just so people understand, motion is when a player is moving at the snap. A shift is when a player moves and then resets before the snap. So they motion more than any team in the league. Okay, it's a major part of what they do. On on motion plays, Tua is 60 for 80 for 718 yards. Think about that. 60 for 80 on motion throws, Okay. So they motion, they play action. They ask second-level defenders to sort out a lot of things in a very brief amount of time. And that's why you get Hill and Waddle so wide open on those quick inbreakers between the numbers and between the hashes. By NFL standards, Ross, those are easy throws. Now, this is a, an unbelievable job by McDaniel. This is what the job of a coach is. People might think I'm saying, oh, two is not very good because they're easy throws two is executing an incredibly well-schemed offense at a very high level but the offense is presenting really easy throws by nfl standards and as i'm going to repeat that is the job of a coach as you know Um, so their offense is really difficult to defend because it just grabs the eyes of second level defenders in so many ways and it really causes i don't want to say confusion because they may not be confused but just tentative uncertain reactions and that's how we constantly see Hill and Waddle wide open on those quick rhythm throws.
0: Yeah, I mean by the time they figure out what's going on, you're not going to catch up to those guys. No, no. And then they catch him in, in in a void
1: and they have some room to run so you know a 9-yard pass or an 11-yard pass becomes a 25-yard gain.
0: Wow. Um <clears throat> I'm curious about the Vikings game against the Commanders, Uh, Greg. I I think it's an intriguing game. The Commanders have won a few games now. They're They're, They're playing better with Heineke. Yeah, and obviously the Vikings have one of the best records in football.
1: And no one's talking about Minnesota at all, you know, because you know how it is. There's perceptions out there, Ross, and there always are. And that's fine. Some perceptions have validity. Some are just thrown out there. So the perception is no matter what the Vikings do, that Kirk Cousins is the quarterback. So when you get to the playoffs, he's going to be bad. That's the perception. But right now they, they have a very young, improving offensive line. I think it's a good group. I don't know what you think. I think it's a young, improving group. Um, They clearly have a run game. Dalvin Cook is another player not talked about very much, a really high-level back. They've got a second back who's very good. Um, They just got Hawkinson. This is a fat. you know, you didn't ask me about that trade. I think Hawkinson is a major trade here because they've got weapons. And Hawkinson, I remember doing Hawkinson coming out of Iowa, and he was one of the few players that I've ever done in, in the years and years I've been evaluating college players where I did not find a discernible weakness in his game coming out of Iowa. And obviously being in Detroit um, with the revolving door at quarterback until, you know, uh, and Goff's playing obviously better this year, but he just hasn't put up the numbers that the quote unquote elite tight ends put up. And he may not do that in Minnesota because they have Jefferson, but Hawkinson is a really, really good player. And that's a major upgrade for them. So this is a very good offensive team and defensively, they have a lot of length and athleticism along that front. They've got Hunter. They've got Z'Darrius Smith. They've got DJ Wanham. They move all these guys around. Smith, I believe, leads the NFL in sacks or close to it. And they line these guys up all over. They're tough to block. They're long. Um, this is a pretty good football team. And, and again, who knows what the future holds? But you know, they're, they're, being, they're not talked about enough right now, in my view. And again, could they lose? Of course. But they're good.
0: Uh, Last game I want to ask you about is Monday Night Football, Uh, Greg. Ravens, who got Roquan against the Saints, who really took it to the Raiders last week. What are you looking at in Monday Night Football?
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting offensively with
0: the the Ravens. Last week, they came out throwing the football.
1: Uh, 31 dropbacks for um, Lamar in the first half alone. Very uncharacteristic of the way in which they they normally play he had 19 completions but only for 144 yards now andrews i guess as we speak today we don't know um because he went out after 10 plays and then they ended up playing more 11 personnel with three wide receivers than they had played in any game this season so the question that i had was was that a function of andrews getting hurt or is that a function of the opponent they played uh, the bucks who had three Uh, new people, non-starters basically playing in their secondary. I guess we'll find out, or maybe we won't find out, but, um, uh, but, you know, this is a team that I think will run the ball. Uh, The Saints D was really good this week and the Saints D had been kind of a surprise in a negative way through much of the season, because I think they're really well-schemed and I think they have good players. They've had a ton of injuries and that's been a problem, but, they. This is a really interesting game on that side of the ball because Dennis Allen's been doing this a long time in the league, and I'm curious to see how he goes about defending
0: Lamar Jackson. you got to check this man out on social. He's, uh, he's obviously excellent, and it's important that you know everywhere he's pro- providing content, including the NFL matchup show on ESPN, at Greg Cosell. Awesome stuff as always, Greg. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Ross. Appreciate it. You know what else is awesome? Diversifying your portfolio. Obviously, we know that what's going on right now is rough. S&P 500 down around 23%. Mortgage rates through the roof. Bloomberg is predicting a 100% chance of a recession next year. Masterworks lets you invest in fine art from legends like picasso and banksy by breaking it into shares pretty cool right like you can actually get a piece of some of these masterpieces without obviously having the money to to buy the whole thing as recently as october masterworks produced results selling a painting for a 21 and percent net return to their investors In fact, six of their seven exits have given investors more than 20% net returns. What does it mean? You put in 10K, you get out over 12K. Pretty good, right? Skip the wait list. There's a wait list. When you sign up and use special code ROSS, that's masterworks.com, promo code ROSS to skip the wait list. See important regulation A disclosures at masterworks.com slash cd. Stakes.
2: Hey Ross, good morning. There's huge news out of Washington. I think the first time there's news out of Washington that almost everybody in America can agree on. Daniel and Tanya Snyder engaged Bank of America to explore a possible sale of the Commanders franchise.
0: Unreal, right? I mean, just unreal. Um, it feels like now that they they couched it by saying exploring transactions including potentially a minority sale. But this feels like it's happening. And I've talked about it before. I've never seen or am aware of a greater erosion of a fan base in professional sports than what I've seen in Washington over the last 20 years. And this would be absolutely gigantic news and I think it'd be amazing for the NFL I think it'd be amazing for the DC area I mean honestly it it would help the DC area if this happened that's how bad it has been for the Snyder's ownership of the team he grew up a fan of there's also report that He is being investigated for financial improprieties, you know, in terms of not hiding money so he didn't have to share it with the other owners. It's getting ugly.
2: Tux Takes. Some very sad news. Longtime NFL coach Adam Zimmer passed away at the age of 38.
0: I did not know Adam well, but I definitely had met him, and I knew his dad really well because his dad was. The coordinator with the Cowboys, Mike, when I was there, and um, big fan of Mike as a person. Used to talk to him a lot before the games when I was doing games with you, Brian, for Sports USA Radio. Uh, they lost their mom, you know, Mike's wife and Adam's mom, probably about 10 years ago now. And so uh, that family's been through a lot. And I'm thinking about Mike's daughter and Mike himself and Mike's grandchildren. Just awful. Ducks takes.
2: Some coaching firings. Uh, Lions fired their DB coach, Aubrey Pleasant, and the Colts fired
0: uh, coordinator Marcus Brady. You know what these guys could go for right about now? A Labatt Blue Light. Because football season means Labatt Blue Light season. Labatt Blue Light is delicious. It's a light beer that actually has flavor. That's the key. There's no better way to watch your team on game day than with the pristine Canadian goodness of a cold Labatt Blue Light in hand. I don't know why their beer tastes colder, but it does. It's delicious. And actually, like I said, is a light beer with significant flavor. Stock up, be the MVP of your tailgate. Share a Labatt on game day with your crew. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. And I feel like, you know, both Aubrey Pleasant and Marcus Brady could use multiple Labatt blue lights. One of my least favorite things about the NFL is the sacrificial lambs that they have with assistant coaches to try to appease the media you know I already had somebody tell me that the Lions firing DB coach Aubrey Pleasant was an ownership decision not even a Dan Campbell decision now I don't know if that's true or not but somebody that might know told me that right I know this much I I think You're either just trying to appease the media, typically, or you are trying to light a fire under the rest of the team and coaching staff and sort of put them on notice that, hey, uh, people are getting fired. If everybody doesn't pick it up, you might be next. That's essentially what these moves are. I mean, Pleasant's not the D coordinator. He's the... He's the DB coach, so obviously they think that those guys are underperforming, but who's going to take over that position, right? And then Marcus Brady for the Colts doesn't even call the plays anyway. So why are you firing Marcus Brady? It's rough. It's rough out here for position coaches. Tuck Stakes
2: couple of transactions, including the Eagles placing D-tackle Jordan Davis on IR. The Cardinals signed linebacker Kamu Grugier-Hill and claimed D-tackle Tristan Hill.
0: Right, and um, I mentioned this earlier. I'll mention it again Bri Bradley Chubb. Five years, $119 million, with $63.2 million guaranteed. Good for Bradley, man. I mean, you're talking about a guy... That tore an ACL and missed a bunch of time. He had a foot surgery and missed a bunch of time. That's the other thing that surprises me a little bit with how much the Dolphins were willing to invest in him. You know, that's a that's a young man that's had some major, major injuries. Major injuries during his career. So uh we as they say, we shall see what happens there. Um with Bradley, Greg made sense, though. Look, they're trying to go for it this year. I talked about this the other day. Eagles placing Jordan Davis on IR is interesting because if you're the Texans, then you probably want to try to run the ball. They're lighter along the D-line now. They don't have as much depth. They lost maybe their best run stuffer already in Jordan Davis. That's a big loss. He's out at least four weeks. For the Cardinals, they get Gruje hill who had asked for his release from the Texans and gotten it, and Tristan Hill, who the Cowboys tried to trade, but there were no takers, so they ultimately um, cut him.
2: Tuck takes. And finally, we've got a game tonight, Philly and Houston. Actually, two Philly-Houston games tonight. You'll be doing the NFL version. Uh, Do the Texans have any chance in this one?
0: By the way, I was on the plane coming out here last night for the no hitter. That was not fun. Not fun at all to be on that plane and they don't get one hit. And I watched it. I watched the whole game. I will say I'll be watching tonight's whole game, too. Eagles, Texans, right now on the game time app. This is what's amazing $26. Like you can go to an NFL game and watch the best team in the NFL, maybe, or at least number one in my power rankings. For $26. And actually, you could go for $6. Because if you download the Game Time app, create an account, and redeem code ROSS for $20 off your first purchase, you get in for $6. NFL game, primetime, tonight. See your boy, Ross. That's me. And there's a reason why it's the fastest-growing ticketing app. Primarily, I think, because it guarantees the lowest prices. But I love being able to put in different cities. Like when I'm in Houston now, see what they got. Download game time, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed The coach Ross to get $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. As for the game, bright. I mean, you know, turnovers in football are the great equalizer. So that, I suppose, is the Texans' chance. Watching both these teams on video this week to prepare for the game tonight, it's hard to see it. I mean, you know, maybe they can fool the Eagles and hit a deep ball to like Brandon Cooks. Um, That would certainly help. If he plays, you know, he's listed on the injury report with a wrist injury ever since he didn't get traded. I don't know what that means. You know, they're going to try to run the ball, I think, with Damian Pierce, you know, shorten the game. See if they can pound away at the Eagles without Jordan Davis and with less D tackles to play. But really it's it's turnovers. I mean, the Texans have to be plus two in the turnover margin, in my mind, to really have any chance to win this game. It's hard to it's hard to envision a scenario whereby they win if that's not the case, to be honest with you. I, I think it's probably like Twenty seven ten Eagles. I don't know. Maybe maybe twenty-three ten Eagles. I think they probably win by a decent amount. Shout outs, as always, to Pizza boy brewing, sport of culture, humanheadnyc.com, steakhouse sports.com, go bangles.com, evergreen economics, vision comics for the next, back office scheduler.com, and the gift that keeps on giving for your loved ones forever. My front page story.com I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can
1: be found.